And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Tuesday, January 10th. Uh, and I had quite the debacle before we recorded today. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, go subscribe. We'll appreciate it. Uh, How About Them Celtics on YouTube. Uh, you can see that I'm not in my normal uh, place of recording. I'm not at home. I'm in a hotel in Boston right now with my girlfriend and her family uh, are here as well in another room. So we're, we're in Boston for the day. Her family's from upstate New York. Um so they're in town, so I'm here chilling. But I forgot my microphone cord uh, before we started recording, and I realized this. I went to one Seven Eleven, and they had it, but they didn't have it. As in, they like they carry it in stock, but they don't. They like they didn't have any at the store. So I, I I'm walk... surprised the Seven Eleven's carrying microphones, right? Stuff. Right? Not, but well, it's just like a micro USB cable, so it's like a, it's okay. like an Android phone charger. Gotcha. Um, didn't have it. I walked down. Uh, the block I we come to like this local convenience store. It's like West End Market or something like that. Um, didn't have it, right? So we keep walking. We go down. Uh, we go into a Target. Didn't have it. Right. That that one got me because it's Target, right? This was the worst Target I've ever been to in my life. It was tiny. Now you're a fan of Target, if I'm not mistaken. I love Target. I'm a big Target guy. This wasn't a real Target. This was a Boston mini Target. It was like a, a Target slash. It was like a, if CVS met Target. It was that. It was so dumb. It it, it was unbelievably stupid. Like, so it was I, like I, a convenience store target. Yeah, it was terrible. It was it was the worst. Uh, kept walking. That didn't have it. Obviously, kept walking. Uh, went to another Seven Eleven, which I assume the labels were off, but I assume had it, but didn't have it in stock. So struck out again. Got to a CVS. Now, how right? far at this point have you walked? Uh gosh, I don't know. It, and it, it is not all... a warm day. No, they're all pretty close in vicinity because we're in the city. Like it's all it's all pretty close together. I would say we walked. So how far do you think we walked? Like a mile? No, uh, half a mile. At least a mile because I got like at least steps on my at least a mile because she got three thousand at least during that all walk. right three thousand steps on the Fitbit. There you go, twenty five hundred. So at least a mile. Um, but we we struck out at Seven Eleven, strike out at the local convenience store, strike out at Target, strike out at another Seven Eleven, get to CVS. I see the electronics aisle uh, and there's a, a, a store person, like a, a worker, a employee. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. that's it. I'm fumbling. Um, there's an employee opening the case because they lock it or something, I guess. And there's a woman looking for a cord. When I tell you this woman took five whole minutes looking for the cord that she needed in the one spot in the entire store that I needed to be in that exact moment. After me going to four other convenience stores trying to, I can't tell you the fury I had for like, I was so mad. And after those, after those, always laughing in the background, after those five minutes, she goes, Oh, you don't actually have what I need. Goodbye. And she just leaves. I'm, I'm like fuming at this point. I get up there. They finally have it. I'll show you the box. We got the, the micro USB cable we needed. Uh, it took me a second. I didn't think they had it. Uh, we were about to go into a Whole Foods after that. Uh, we, we were desperation mode. So uh, finally got well, it, got back. This was after me telling Sam 10 minutes and it took 30. Uh, so finally made it, finally made it. I'll tell oh. you what, uh, <laughs> I was going to make funny just for standing there and like waiting for the woman and saying like, instead of being like, excuse me, can I get in? But nah, I'm the same way. Like yeah, when you're in a you store, can. you never think it's going to be that long. And it was really small. It wasn't like it's this big wall. It was like this tiny, like this okay. one little, it was, it was in a case too. So it's not like yeah, it was, it was the aisle cap probably like at the yeah. end of the aisle. Uh, around okay. there it was at near the end of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, 
it's tough because you really run the risk by not speaking up. And I am not mm-hmm. someone to speak up. Jack is not somebody to speak up. Mm-hmm. It, it's similar to if you're driving. Now, I don't do this because this is not proper driving etiquette. Mm-hmm. But if you do stop and let somebody go out into the road, which you should yeah. not do because that's literally not Dangerous. how you're not you're not supposed to drive that way. <laughs> yeah. Bad. But you are putting a lot of faith in that person to not screw up the traffic, to not drive <laughs> slow. Yes, very true. I, I I do that in very specific situations. Like if I'm like if there's a huge line of cars or something and they can they they have their blinker on already and I know they're going like left and I'm just coming to turn whatever way, like I'll let them go if they're not going my direction, you know what I'm saying? If, like if, if they're you're turning not, left and I'm going. The only time it's acceptable is if you're at a stoplight. I know what you mean. I, I'm I'm talking like, like I'm going, if I'm turning left onto the road that they're coming out of, and they're also turning left, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to go in if front you're of me, stopping and I'm anyway, go to the side yeah. road. Okay. If I'm going fair. to where they're coming that's from, that's fair. what I'm talking about. But I, I know exactly what you're referencing, though. And it's 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 a dangerous game letting somebody go in front of you. I'll tell you, man. Massachusetts drivers, I assume the same as in Rhode Island, terrible. New England drivers are horrendous just just the worst well i was driving to the gym today after work which i Mm -hmm. typically go before work but i couldn't sleep yesterday for whatever reason and i said okay i'm just gonna go after so i'm driving and this guy is going below the speed limit which is enough to make you scream (laughs) and where i live it is one lane for two lights and then it becomes two lanes for me there is Mm. nothing more satisfying than getting past that second light and speeding around whoever it is and, and give it you give them the look you give them the look as you drive past and and look in and hopefully they look mm-hmm. back at you so they know that what they were doing was not okay mm-hmm. well I, I have some bad news for you uh pre-game chat legend tom simone speed limit driver bad speed limit driver <laughs> borderline rat list for mr simone my he dad's is, the same way is, though yeah he well his thing on the highway is, you know, like cruise control, how you can set your car. Cruise control well, the highway is higher, different. The, the highway is different because there's so many lanes you can, sure. you can avoid them. My that, dad will not go more. Choice. He will not go more than five miles over. And that's like mm. the cap. Like he'll go like if it's 45, we'll go 50 on the, on the highway. On the highway, he sets it to 69 because he thinks he's funny. And he, he goes like 69, <laughs> 65. Yeah, yeah. You know, the excuse he gives. He, the, he was born in 1969 and so his phone password is 6969 he thinks he's hilarious he thinks he's it's this and he goes oh it's my birthday i'm like okay dad yeah it's your birthday huh <laughs> sure that's the best <laughs> well, fun fact about this wait is is his birthday june 9th uh no it's he was oh. born in 1969 yeah but he put 6969 no. so yeah yeah. I, I, yeah I just realized i just spewed my dad's phone password to the internet but it's that's fine no one's gonna oh that's tough that's uh, that, that's maybe, great you know. but that's great you and you and zoe are enjoying yourselves in boston you are with mm-hmm. your lady and yeah, there are good. 41 more celtics games until i have to go look for a lady right now the celtics <laughs> are doing uh you know filling the time for me they're filling so, the hole in your heart yeah they're, they're 29 and 12 they're good enough mm-hmm. to where there is no hole in my heart like you said Love uh, sometimes you worry sometimes you say mm-hmm. oh boy maybe i need well, to get out there I mean, good segue from you. Some people are still complaining, right? The Celtics have won. I think they've won seven of the last nine or something like that. Like outside of that two-game rough stretch in Denver and OKC, they've won seven out of their last nine. Uh, won two in a row now against the uh, Spurs and Bulls. Um, or is it three in a row? Have they won three in three. a row? Three. 
three in a row. Mavs, uh, Mavs Spurs, two, Bulls. Yep. Um, but the Spurs game and the Bulls game, uh, both not ideal. I mean, kind of di- didn't close well, which we can talk about later in the show. Do you want to start with Bulls or Spurs? Which which order? Which order do you want to go in? We'll, we'll do the Spurs first because there's All really right. not as much to discuss. I don't think. <clears throat> yeah, Celtics had pretty good lead. They, they were in control for most of the game. Final moments. Josh Richardson decided to be a uh, Celtics killer from the former Celtic. Love Josh Richardson, by the way. I know you do mm-hmm. too. Uh, absolute yep. legend. Um, got hot. Spurs ended up tying the game uh, late in the fourth. Uh, was Tatum? No, Tatum and one was the Bulls game. I'm getting them confused. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there were some. What was the closing play in the Spurs game that I'm, I'm closing play in the Spurs now. game? Tatum hit a fall away on the baseline close to yes. the screen. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. But Celtics ended up closing it out. Uh, they they managed to hold off the Spurs. It was uh, a nice win in the end, but definitely con- some concerns. It, it was one of the more concerning wins of the season. I'll put it that way. And con- concerns <laughs> might agree. not even be I the think right. You put it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And con- concerning is maybe not the right no, word, no, but you I'd don't say concerning. Okay. It's it's Josh Richardson and the boys out there, and you're up big in the fourth quarter, and <laughs> you that. barely win. A Romeo game. too. Former yeah, Celtics. Well, well, that's down. what I mean. Josh Richardson and the boys. Like Romeo's really not doing a whole lot out there. He, he actually had some big buckets down the stretch. Yeah, he to did. Him. And he, he, him and Neesmith have both been better this season in larger roles. So, again, good for them. But that's really inexcusable. You can't let that happen. You, you can't be letting that happen. You've got the defensive player of the year. You have two all-stars. You had Rob and Al Horford and Derek White was out there too. You need to be able to close out a Spurs team. That's Absolutely. a bottom of the barrel team playing without its three best players. Mm-hmm. And you're getting cooked by Romeo. Come on. <laughs> this is a guy that couldn't crack the rotation for you. And he's giving you layups down the stretch. He's getting the basket in a mm-hmm. close game. Yeah. No good. And this is not just back to the Spurs game. This is the game before against Dallas. They were just mm-hmm. up so many points that it didn't matter. But Dallas got it down to 13 or 12 in the fourth quarter after being down like 28. That's mm-hmm. unacceptable. And then before that, the Clippers game, I I don't know if it was you or Tim that kind of uh, like justified this saying the Clippers are good, which they are. But you blew a lead to them, too. You started trying to milk the yeah. clock and drain it to where you're not playing your regular offense. And you kind Happening of saw against that the Bulls against too. the Spurs, too. Next game. In, in the Bulls, it was the same thing. Now, if you really want to put a nice silver lining on this, it's beginning to look a lot like last year when they were good in the playoffs. And I wanted to put my head through a wall because you couldn't enjoy anything they were doing because you couldn't trust them to close it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I wanted to talk about this, and now's as good as time as any. The Celtics offense in the fourth quarter, like somebody said this in the Celtics blog chat, and I pulled some stuff from there because I I want to talk about it deeper here. Rat. They start like yeah exactly ratless yeah. Jack. They um they start milking the clock with like five minutes left. Right, like they start they start taking the entire twenty four minute shot clock. They roll they do that that ball trick which I, I you know a lot of people think is funny. I ball think it's trick's fine, but ball but trick is like, fine because it creates doing it. a fast break for them. If if the sure. defense runs up, then they're spread out. That's fine, but when you're milking in the half court, that's what the problem uh-huh. you're talking about is. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and you can't do that with five minutes left, right? Like, it, it's not like the Celtics are doing it five minutes left up like thirty points. They're up like 
like 12 points and they're milking the clock in the in the in the fourth quarter they're getting into this iso heavy offense i mean you saw it with um excuse me jason tatum against the bulls and it worked out because you know tatum held the ball for about 20 seconds and he kicked it to al horford and Horford hit a three because they doubled tatum all the terrible double by the bulls by the way i like what was the plan there right like i understand tatum is tatum but he, he just held the ball for like 20 seconds and you're gonna send the double with like like seven seconds left on the clock after that like it didn't make any sense Regardless, also credit to him that pass yeah, when you see the good pass. the the view is a crazy pass like caruso mm-hmm. did a pretty good job at cutting it off and he kind of nonchalantly curved it mm-hmm. around his outstretched leg to get horford to look yeah good, good shot good pass by tatum it, it worked out but this whole milk the clock we're winning let's just you know hold on to it like that's not the type of basketball that wins championships right like and that sounds dramatic because we're like you said halfway through the season but taking the ball and just resting on your laurels with five minutes left in the game is a surefire way to lose a lot of close games and and we're talking about this with the Celtics. Oh, they're they're going up by ten with four minutes left with twenty with X amount of minutes left. They're they're a good team. They're getting to that point. But if they you know collapse and destroy everything they worked for in five minutes because they think they're cool and they just start relaxing, like it doesn't matter. And they they talked about them, excuse me, quote unquote, relaxing against the Thunder. They do that every game. It just doesn't happen to the last five minutes, and then everything that they work towards that game is just gone, like poof. Right. It's just it's very frustrating. Like you said, you saw it a lot in the playoffs last year. Yeah, as a fan, it's annoying because, I mean, I guess we can push forward to the Bulls game now. That was a game that felt like it was over through three quarters and they almost lost. It felt like they were going to lose. Absolutely should have been. They let that Mm -hmm. bum Levine get hot and then he started (laughs) cooking them. And it was real bad because I tweeted about how bad he was because he was he was terrible. He was bad through the first mm. three quarters. I was going to take my victory lap. I was like, I I mean, I stand by it. I still can't believe they're paying that guy so much money for him to sit out there and chuck threes. But in the fourth quarter, he's turned it up to another level and it started going in the basket. It started to look scary for the Celtics there. He he lost his legs at the end and didn't finish the game. But you shouldn't have let it get that close. Sure, he was on fire. And as soon as he caught fire, they played scared. I think it's almost a, a them being scared thing compared to milking the clock. They get scared, so they start to milk the clock. And it, as a fan, that begins to make me scared because I I don't think they believe in themselves down the stretch sometimes. Earlier in the season, mm. I felt differently than I have in recent years about them down the stretch because they really looked confident, specifically Tatum, who, to his credit, did it again against Chicago, but it was really, really late. And against the Spurs, he had the big shot. But yeah, why are you all of a sudden not confident? Like, I'm sorry, DeRozan goes out of that Bulls game. That should have been it. You, you don't let Levine yes. start cooking you. You don't let <laughs> Romeo Langford start cooking you in the Spurs game. You need mm-hmm. to tighten up on the defensive end, and you need to play more confident down the stretch. It's becoming a problem. Yeah, it's bad. It's not fun to watch. It's very frustrating uh, when a team you know is better just fumbles against like, and the Bulls have been playing better lately. Like I know we like to you know crap yeah. on the Bulls. They've been they playing play a lot good better teams basketball well. lately. <clears throat> yes, but the Spurs, there's no excuse, right? Like the, there's no excuse against a lot of these teams. They, they did it for the entire game against the Thunder. They just were like, oh, we'll win this game anyways. It's fine. And they got absolutely blown out uh, by the OKC team. And uh, yeah, it's just like, 
when is it going to end? When do you like, when are they going to learn that they can't do that? And I see a lot never. of people, <laughs> It'll never I see happen. a lot of people <laughs> getting on Missoula about it. Like they're no, saying, Missoula can't fault. drop a play. He inherited he, that like, problem. Yeah, exactly. They're like, you can't drop a play. I saw somebody uh, tweet out the video of Tatum dribble, dribble, dribble past over. And they're like, look at Missoula. can't even drop a play. Well, hello. I mean, like, I guess, like, sure. If if that's the one piece you would like to pick on, sure. Would would should Missoula have drawn up a play? Maybe, sure. But at the same time, you have Jason Tatum. I guess you live with the isolation. Uh, but overall, like, it's not like this problem. Like, let's not not act like this is a new thing. Like, they were doing this ever since the 2019 2020 bubble year. They did it oh, all of 2020 21. It, it, it was the, the entire season screwing around. I, I vividly remember one game. Because funnily enough, it was the game uh, after which I met my girlfriend. Currently, it was a Pelicans game, and they were up by like twenty-one in, in in the fourth quarter, and then they just blew it to like Josh Hart and the fellas or something like that. I don't know if you remember the game. It was like two years ago. At was this, it during COVID? When it they was were Valentine's in New Orleans Day. and they lost in overtime. Tatum sent it to overtime with a floater. Maybe, but I don't think so. It, it was Valentine's Day, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I, I remember vividly. Okay. And I remember t- tweeting out because it was like the tweet that I, I met my girlfriend with, uh, ironically enough. But like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, no, like, this isn't a new thing. This has been happening for three generations of Celtics coaches now. Like, let's let's stop blaming Missoula. That, like you always say, that's the laziest thing. I it just, I don't like it. It is lazy because he's really only got so much control over what the team does. And the time to blame the coach is not the regular season. It's the playoffs. Unless like you have an absolute dumpster fire to where they're under underperforming. Yeah. They shouldn't be this bad, blah, 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 blah. And like, he needs to do something, I guess, but they are 29 and 12. They're the best team in the NBA and they are far from perfect. Don't get me wrong. We just spent, you know, 20 minutes complaining about them, not closing games properly, which is an issue. And you can point to coaching with that if you want, the game plan needs to change. Maybe he needs to really yeah. get on them to just keep playing, keep the foot on the gas, I yeah, guess. Sure. But they're not losing games because of Missoula. When they lost to OKC, that wasn't his fault. When they lost to Denver, that wasn't his fault. It was the players' fault. They're missing shots. They weren't playing hard. That That's their fault. Mm-hmm. The not playing hard is inexcusable. Some days you're not going to make shots. And I say this all the time, control what you can control. That's what you got to do. And mm-hmm. they've been doing that for the most part lately. I thought they played pretty hard against Chicago. I thought they had multiple possessions that ruled where they had three or four chances offensively and they kept it alive. Grant, Rob Williams, hustling, diving on the floor. Great play. Brogdon had a tip in to cap one of them off. It was really great work from the guys on offense. I'm happy to see them playing hard and there has been a switch that's flipped in that category at least. I agree. Uh, I do want to stick on the coaching thing for a sec, though, because I, I I really think it's bogus, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make this like its own little video thing on YouTube. Cool. But like, it it just it's never made any sense because like last year it was fire Udoka, right? He is the problem. Like it's so clearly the problem throughout the first half of the year. Then it turned around, and then the whole situation happened, and now it's bring back Udoka. Missoula stinks, right? Like he's terrible. He's he's awful. Uh, meanwhile, like writers around the league in the in the uh, NBA survey are voting him like third and co- fourth and coach of the year, right? Like, right. You know, but he's terrible, right? But he's he's terrible. Um, I just don't get it. Like, people are so so um, hesitant. Not the right word. Unwilling to put blame on the players 
right? Like they, they absolutely refuse to blame the players. But if you know, let's do some logic here, Sam. Well, they only blame certain Over players. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You you look at the past however what is it, four years now, this season and the last three seasons, Celtics have had Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Al Horford for three, two of them, two of them. Um, the effectively the same core. The same core pieces yep. for the majority of the time they've had. And they've had, in four years, three different head coaches. If you want to count Damon Stoudemire, four. But they've had three different head coaches. But for the same problems that have been happening, it's always the coach's fault. Like, that that, that logic just... just doesn't track right like there's only so much a coach can do can't can missoula be better at drawing up atos and drawing up better plays down the stretch of game sure can his rotations be a little bit cleaner sure right like are there small things are there things he can do to improve as a coach absolutely he's 34 36 right no he's 34 because he's younger than horford it's his first year ever being coached in the league he was thrust into this role because the former head coach was gross right like and he had to go and he is catching all the heat yeah (laughs) he's catching all the heat even though it's the players who have been here through three head coaches it's the problem and going back to brad stevens i don't even think brad stevens was the problem let's be real here like i I know you can argue oh duka and i do think there was value in what udoka did for the team you know getting on them calling them out oh i loved it i think that yeah i think it made them tougher i think it made them tougher but let's not act like it's the same players making the same problems and let's blame the one non-consistent factor in the equation that like it's just not logical at all i i think you've seen the players as a whole mature and and that's going to happen it doesn't necessarily have to do with who's coaching just like the failure doesn't have to do with who's coaching when it happens but i will say they definitely learned a lot from Udoka, and you're seeing them continue to be poised for the most part this season. Lately, you have seen those lapses at the end of the games, which is frustrating for us as fans because after a certain point, you expect your team to win. And granted, in all the games we're complaining about, they did, but it shouldn't come to that. That Chicago team isn't good. The Spurs team certainly isn't good. They shouldn't be able to come back on you in a fourth quarter like that. What are you going to do when you're playing Milwaukee in the playoffs? Or if you're playing Brooklyn mm-hmm. and they have Katie and Kyrie closing a game against you in the playoffs, literally Are you sit any there playoff and, team in dribble will take advantage of that. Exactly, any playoff team like Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Excuse me. I mean, Cleveland, the Spurs took advantage Philly. of it, and they're trying to get Wembenyama. Exactly. They're trying to lose, and they took advantage of it. Exactly. Exactly. Any any team that ends up making the playoffs, hell, the Pacers will take advantage of it, right? Like any team that's in the playoff hunt is going to take advantage of what the Celtics do. Uh, and they have throughout the season. Like this isn't a new thing with the Spurs and the Bulls. Like I said, it's been happening for years. So the, the blame Missoula party is, I think, ridiculous. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. Is he the root of all evil in Boston? Stop it. Like just just that narrative needs to die. <laughs> it should just, be illegal to blame the coach until the playoffs. <laughs> The playoffs, I, <laughs> you want to blame the coach? I guess you can. Because they if, need to make adjustments then. I understand. Yeah. But for now, blaming Missoula is just, it's not the wave. Um. All right. Uh, next thing, I did want to talk about a similar thing with Al Horford. Uh, I don't know if you saw all of the the buzz or whatever it is after the Al Horford game. Uh, or excuse me, the Spurs game. There was a huge movement on Twitter that said bench Al Horford. Horford is not really? a starter anymore. I yeah, didn't this see is a big this. thing. I wrote about it today for Celtics blog. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, or, or it'll come out tomorrow. I wrote the article today. Um, in fact, let me excuse me. Let me find some of the tweets for you. 
uh, that I saw. I know Anna Horford tweeted about it. Somebody tweeted, um, uh, Al Horford is not a starter anymore. Somebody tweeted Al Horford fell off. Like Al Horford, the bum, you know, I, I think a lot of it is that people wanting to see Rob in the starting lineup, which I understand, but I don't think the answer is benching Al for Rob. I think it's playing them together since that was, you know, the best starting lineup in the NBA last year. And, I, I, again, I wrote about it for Celtics blog, so I'll bring the stats up and I'll, excuse me, discuss uh, everything I wrote. But like, I can't believe that. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. it Out of all the people to blame, why him? <laughs> right? Was he right. probably bad Saturday? I guess I don't remember. He, yeah, he, was he bad. didn't shoot well. He shot I know two of seven, but he had eleven rebounds. So like, pick and choose. I, I guess you're bad. I don't see Horford as a blame him guy. Horford is the perfect mm-hmm. starter next to these guys because he doesn't really require a whole lot of attention. You don't have to feed him the ball for him to be effective on offense. He can be ready for a catch and shoot. He doesn't have to try and create his own shot down low or take up your possession time and waste it. It doesn't happen. He does great things for you you and plays great defense on everyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I got the tweets for you. Al Horford fell off. Another tweet. Al Horford needs to be a bench piece. Dude's tired. Next one. Horford is not a starter anymore. It's like, what are we doing? Like what? What are we Not for doing? Nothing. It doesn't make any sense. There's a select skill set that makes for somebody switching to the bench be a good thing for that player. If if I could speak English, sure. there there are only a few types of players that benefit from going to the bench. I don't think somebody like Al Horford is going to do better by coming off the bench. He's not going to give you a punch off the bench. That's the whole point of the bench is to bring now, somebody else in to give you some energy. I will say in a couple years, if Al Horford actually is like older and he's just not as quick anymore. And you saw, I guess you saw a little bit in the Spurs game. He's like, he wasn't as sharp defensively. It, it didn't stick out to me a ton, but apparently people, <clears throat> excuse me. Were talking I didn't about notice it. it. Um, but like two years time, he's on the last year of his contract. He's 38 yeah. at this point. Maybe he goes to the bench. You start Grant instead. And you just have that off the bench, his defense and his versatility. But right now we're talking about like, the guy who was amazing last year, amazing in the playoff run. And I, and I wrote about this in the article. I think a lot of people are trying to compare this Al Horford to the Al Horford you saw in the playoffs who averaged 12, nine, three on 52, 48 shooting, which is just totally not fair. Right. Cause like this is him playing at an elite level for a 23 game stretch. Yeah. Uh, and again, in Horford's defense this year, he's averaging what? Like I think nine, six and something like I'm, I'm he's me, one I'm of the guys. I actually here. have no idea what he averages. Because I never yeah, I have know. to like write about it. I never have to justify oh, it. it. He's just there. I hit the nail on the head. He's averaging 9.2 points, 6.4 rebounds, 2.6 assists. But he's shooting 48.3% from the field and 42.6% from deep. And we're going to trash on him. Tell tell you know, say he's not a starter. Not only that, I looked at his defensive field goal percentage stats because I think he's been pretty damn good on defense this year. Uh, out of the, excuse me, 178 players who have defended at least 250 shots this season, his defensive field goal percentage is 11th. Opponents shoot 42.4% from the field on Al Horford this season, right? Uh, and that's including all the stuff, he, uh, you know, the shots he defends in the paint, all the threes he, he defends. Uh, if that number increases to at least 300 shots defended, Horford is sixth. If it's at least 500 shots def- defended, he's second behind Nick Claxton, who is top three in the league in shot blocking this season, right? Like Al Horford has been extremely good, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on defense this year, the five man unit that the Celtics regular starters this year, smart white Brown Tatum Horford uh, of the top 25 man units in the league in minutes played this season, possessions played their second in effective field goal percentage allowed and first in defense at the three point line. 
right? So let's not act like Al Horford is a, a, a you know a, a minus on the defensive end, and B like let's not act like he she should be on the bench. Like I don't it doesn't make any sense to me that that's going to be the the, the storyline we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Yeah, to me Al Horford is just such a bizarre player to try and pick on when mm-hmm. he really isn't the type of player that's going to be a negative for you ever. He's either going to be a yeah. huge positive or he's just not going to have much of an impact either way to where like he doesn't need to be used that much or whatever. Like he's usually pretty steady regardless. There's no, oh man, he sucked today. Very rarely does that happen. I think maybe because it's so rare against the Spurs when it did happen, people were like, oh my God, like this guy's old now. And we all and kind I, of I, forgot he was old. I think a big part of it is that like a lot of people want to see Rob start too. So they're like, oh, you know, get Rob minutes. Like I saw a tweet that was like Al Horford's 36, but Joe Missoula still won't play 25 year old Rob Williams. A, you know, trashing Horford and B, trashing Missoula in the same tweet. Just the the compounding of stupidness uh, in one one single tweet. Well, you got to get ready, Jack. Uh, The Patriots are done. Patriots are done. They're going to come out. They're going to come out. They're going to start typing away on the keyboard and they're going to say, was the Spurs the first game since the Pats were out? That would make a ton of sense. Nope. They lost Sunday. Bulls. Okay. So it was right before everyone knew that they were over by then. So it was probably a Pats fan, but like a, like, even if we want to go, even if Horford, let's say Horford did take a step back this season. Let's say he is playing objectively worse, right? it's not like they're just not playing Robert Williams. Robert Williams is coming off of two knee surgeries in a year. Right. And they, they've said they have a medically, you know, minutes restriction on him, even though they say there's no minutes restriction, they're watching him quote unquote, because Missoula doesn't like to shoot things straight. Usually, (laughs) excuse me. So like they're holding Rob back, obviously. And on top of that, this is a guy who, and I, I, the title of my article tomorrow for Celtics blog is like Al Horford's incredible season with the necessary context. Um, Coming into last year, Horford had an entire like three quarter season of rest, right? Like he he did not play basketball. The Thunder played him for, I think, 26 games in which he looked really good, by the way. If Al Horford was still on the Thunder, they might be a play in team thoughts. Just a quick hot take there. Um, <laughs> I can see it. They're only four games behind 500. Like it's not too crazy. Mm-hmm. The West isn't super stacked. It's they rolled a out a six, seven center all around the other night. Remember, like having Al Horford would help regardless, though, like before last year on the Celtics, he like he rested three quarters of a season. And this year he's coming off of in an entire regular season and a 23 game playoff run in which he averaged 35 minutes a night. Not only that, but going into the year, the plan was for him to um, get more rest. And then in a uh, surgery for Rob just kind of nicks that. He's playing more minutes per game this year than he has since the 2017-18 season when he was an all-star with the Celtics. He's playing more minutes per game than he was expected to. And this was supposed to be a step back year for him. Instead, he's playing the most he's played in, what, six years? So, like, like how, how ridiculous is that? Like, this is insane. And people are going to pick on the guy. Like, as it makes no sense to me. Like, uh, it's just... You're not going to see him doing a whole lot at the end of the year. He's going to do a lot of uh, dressing <laughs> real dapper like he's Ben Simmons in the playoffs on the bench. He's going to be doing a lot of watching as oh, the playoffs yeah, yeah. approach. You're well, not going to see a lot out of him, I don't think, which is fine. And he's not playing the back-to-backs, which is fine. So you're which probably is not going to see him against the Nets Thursday. Mm-hmm. Not what I love, mm-hmm. got to tell you that. Not great. But I, I, you if it need means he'll play in the playoffs, Pelicans, yeah. <laughs> 
if it means him playing in the playoffs, then mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. He he can take the rest he needs. Um, I will you say probably though, got the second best performance out of anybody throughout that playoff run from him last year. Behind uh, yeah, Tatum, he, game six. Him I will say game he four would, against Milwaukee was crazy. I think he was the most important player in that playoff run. I agree. He he did everything. I think so. He's got. He be. had the big game, of course, but he had the responsibility of trying to cover Giannis, battling with Bam. In the first shot, almost he was 50% a key percent from three. Piece. Yeah, he was a mm-hmm. reliable guy. That's the big thing Insane. for Horford. You mentioned it before. His shooting stats are super efficient. He's 42% from three. Oh, yeah. 30. That's the stat that matters. I don't care how many points, rebounds he maybe Maybe you care about rebounds a little bit. But <laughs> I don't really care how many points he averages yeah. because what matters with him is that he can be reliable when you need him to make a shot. Because you're getting Which you saw against Dan Chicago. <laughs> yeah. You saw it. He knocked down a huge three. Granted, did it roll around mm-hmm. the rim a whole lot? Yeah, but it went in. It went in. That's all that matters. It went in. Yeah, I just thought that was weird, and I didn't know if you saw it too. But like, like it, it just makes no sense to me. I, I don't, I don't really understand that Al Horford hates. Well, I'm glad these these people are supporting Mac Jones. I don't know what to tell the you. Pats they, fans, right? They don't have a whole lot. <laughs> they don't have a whole lot. They swear to God that team's still good, and they're on the couch. Yep. I don't like any football teams, so there's nothing you can say to me. Yeah, I really <laughs> only care about the Celtics. That's it. Who are best in the league right now? Who so are very really good. Say anything. And very, keeping very me from needing a girlfriend. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we can talk about Rob next. I think we talked about it last time, but he made his first start uh, against the Bulls. He only played around, what, 30, 22 minutes, I think, again. Uh, so it's not like he, he got starter minutes. He just started. Uh, I thought he was good. I think he made the same impact in that game as he made in any other game this season, because like I've always said, it doesn't matter if Rob starts, it matters how many minutes he plays. If he's just starting and playing 22 minutes, I don't think it's going to make, excuse me, that big of a difference. If anything, I think if Al Horford is playing and Rob's not on a regular minutes uh, rotation, I don't think Rob should start. Right. Cause as you saw in the bulls game, he wasn't able to stagger those minutes as if as effectively uh, with Al Horford and Grant Williams and Luke Cornett ended up coming in. I thought Luke Cornett was mid against the Bulls, right? Am I he Luke Cornett's like always fine. He's fine. Um, but starting Rob when he can't play the 30 minutes a night that you want him to, I don't think is as worth it. I, I think in order for him to be the quote unquote starter that everyone wants to see, he needs to be fully ready to start. And hate to break it to you there's a chance he might not be playing these 30 minutes games until the playoffs right realistically speaking hey you can laugh am i wrong? i'm not laughing at you okay sam's laughing at off screen stuff but i got a message i I don't think robert williams gets back to full 30 minute games until the playoffs because i think they do want to save him for that uh and you know if that's what it takes i'm willing to do it but i think a lot of celtics fans are going to be mad I just think you have to be a real moron at this point of the season to complain about any kind of rotational things going on with the Celtics. There are things that are (laughs) worth complaining about, but these are not them. They are the best team in the league. Who cares if Rob's playing X amount of minutes? If it's keeping him healthy, I don't care. Don't play him. If that's what you got to do to keep him ready for the playoffs, I don't care. Don't play him at all. Would I like to see him out there for my entertainment? Yeah. He rules and he plays hard. And you saw it come out in that Chicago game big time because they got killed on the boards against Chicago in the three games they played this season. And all of a sudden yesterday, they're putting together possessions where they have three or four chances offensively. How the turntables yesterday against the Bulls at the Garden because of Rob. Now, 
I agree with you. I'm big on the, if you have him on a Mets restriction, why waste him at the beginning of the game? There is value yeah. to having him out there at the beginning because it makes your defense better, which prevents guys on the other team from getting going like crazy. But I'd rather have Rob in the middle parts of the game if you need big stops. Not even just talking about the end. There are big moments throughout games, which we saw in the playoffs, specifically last season, that aren't always crunch time. It's when the other team's kind of climbing back into the game and you're like, oh, they got to hold them off a little bit and then they don't. And you're like, all right, well, this is going to be harder than it needed to be. I think Rob can prevent that for you if you use him right, you know. I agree. And excuse me, sorry. I think he said it after the Spurs game uh, right before he started. He's like, I don't care what I do. I know Tatum talked about how he wanted him to start, um, but he was like, I'm happy to come off the bench. I think I can get a good feel for where and when I need to insert the intensity, which he has been doing beautifully. I mean, he's had like double, double 15 rebound three block games off the bench like normal. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't think if he's not going to be able to play the 30 minutes that you want him to, it's kind of a waste to to, to start him almost. Um but I thought he was. It's not saying I don't think he was good against the Bulls. I just don't think he was used as effectively. This is not a shot at Missoula. Shocker. This is just like, I, I mean, I think it was good to see him in the starting lineup at the very least. But um, I don't know. I think it might be better for him to to come off the bench. Uh, Again, if, if you're yeah. gonna have to limit his minutes, there's no need to burn them all early. It's like uh, when they say eat your vegetables first. It's the same thing. Same yeah. good stuff. For later. <laughs> that's a good one. That that's that's a good analogy. Look at that. Right off the dome. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a side note. Um, <clears throat> since we're talking about the Celtics, we can talk about the main Celtics really quick. I know we don't know have to talk like too in, in detail about it, but uh, some impressive games coming, coming out of Maine tonight as we're recording this, Sam. Uh, Mr. Fiondu Cavangeli, 29 points, 7 rebounds. Solid game, but perhaps more impressively, a plus 28 plus minus off the bench for J.D. Davison with 14 points and 16 assists for you. Uh, how's that's that good. For Mr. Davison. That's that's an impressive. game. This is going to be an interesting chat we have now. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think the Davison stuff is maybe the most interesting storyline up in Maine. And I'll tell you why. Because that is a player that could potentially move into the Pritchard role and allow you to move on from Pritchard. Now, I'm not speaking from knowledge. This is just they play the same position, and Pritchard's been in trade rumors, and he kind of deserves better than sitting there watching, unless he really wants Mm -hmm. to try and win a ring, which is fine. Hang out. Yeah. Uh, Get it. But seriously, there is value with Pritchard. He's a good player. He's an NBA player, and I think teams value him. That's why you've seen so many reports come out that teams are asking about him. Now, we've also heard that the Celtics don't yeah. plan on moving Pritchard this season, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense that way. I think we've talked about this where he's going to make more money next season. So his uh, value to the Celtics in a trade goes up because they can get more yes. back for him. Yes, yes. So that would make sense. And it also makes sense on the timeline that Davison's on where he's coming off the bench in the G League. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not he's not ready for the NBA yet if that's the case. It's just not the case. Yeah. It's played, not how many minutes did he play? He played 33 minutes, though. So he played the most minutes on the team. But it is really minutes. great to see him doing well in Maine because in the past, you've seen the Celtics not really get a whole lot of, out of Maine. And recently, you've seen them mm-hmm. bring guys up from there, like Cornette. When they first brought him into the Celtics, he was doing well. Then he kind of went out last year, went to Milwaukee, came back, played for mm-hmm. Maine, and then they brought him up. He's feeling it nicely there. And same with Hauser. Hauser's been the same kind of development project. Mm-hmm. He played up in Maine last year. 
He got spot minutes and garbage time in this season. He's had to step up with Gallinari getting hurt. And mm-hmm. he's been decent. He started hot, cooled off quite a bit, but he's not getting killed on defense. He's a target all the time. And I could be wrong, Jack, but I don't think the stats say that he's getting cooked. I Sam don't know. Hauser? You, no, I don't think I mean, so. I don't, don't up, kill though. yourself looking it up. But like, I'm pretty sure what I've seen is he's been fine, which is really all you can ask for either one of those guys in the role they're playing. Now, Do you want matchup stats or like defensive field goal stats? I don't care. I, I don't care. You keep going. You keep going. <laughs> I don't care. I will say this. Hauser is someone maybe you look to upgrade at the deadline, just someone that's mm. more tested, is more experienced, because in the playoffs, you're going to need that role to give you something. And I'm not thrilled that he hasn't been able to shoot since December came around. He's kind of making a comeback, but he's not really giving you enough consistency to be – that guy where the only yeah. thing he really does is shoot. Now he, he does hustle. I'll say that he had a couple He's a hustle. offensive rebounds. He's driven the close out a few times recently that I can remember. He's somewhat getting out of his comfort zone, which is good, but he's making more. some more drives. He's like, he's pump faking. He's driving to the hoop. He's yeah. taking a couple of middies. He's Somewhere doing a little bit more, which is grand. <clears throat> nice to see. And I, I will say, Hauser is the type of player I think could develop into like what you said with Grant, like he could do a little bit more. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. But if, if he does get that three point stroke back, um, he, he'll be a very valuable piece. Agree. Since we're, ta- since we're talking about the G league still, let me turn your attention to Mr. Uh, Lucas Samanich, Sam, because we're talking about potential guys that could step up. Yes. I'm not saying he's they ready this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's ready this season. I'm not saying he's going to replace somebody in the rotation, but, uh, in that same game I was just talking about, he put up 19 points, uh, excuse me, uh, six rebounds, shot well. He shot three of five from three. I'm trying to look up his stats on the season. Um, I'm well, he's right been the now, talk a few times. He's been the talk of the town. You wrote something mm-hmm. on heavy about him, and it did really well, if I'm not mistaken. I did. In the G yeah. League this season, he's played in 17 games. He's averaging 20.6 points, 10.8 rebounds, 2.4 assists, shooting uh, 50% from the field, 32% from three. So he's putting up pretty good stats uh for a g league center obviously there's a reason he was a first run pick and now he's in the g league same thing with captain gale um but you know he, he's young if the celtics want to give him another look he, he's a good developmental project at the very least i think for them uh, up in maine with jd davison it would be really nice if they started to hit on these developmental projects because you've seen in the mm-hmm. past not necessarily they didn't because again nice not aj Langford. reeves though not Who's aj that? reeves you don't like AJ Reeves. I AJ Reeves is bad. He was bad before they <laughs> drafted him. He was bad at PC. Not bad, but he was he's not gonna be anything. I'm sorry. Like he was a volume shooter at PC. <laughs> um but back to the Celtics. I would like to see them get some development out of that G League system. And we kind of touched on it yeah. with Cornette and Hauser giving you something, which is huge. Like that's great. Just look, mm-hmm. I really would like them to be able to do what Miami does a bit and find guys that they can get for cheap mm. because going forward, you're going to have a lot of money tied up. I mean, he's getting paid. Brown's getting paid. Marcus smart makes money. Derek white makes money. Brogdon makes mm-hmm. money right now. You're going to need grants going to make money uh, going forward. Mm-hmm. After that, who else is coming up? Pritchard, if they want to keep him around, which they won't, if they want to keep him demand. Money. I mean, three years from now, Hauser's probably to get a decent penny. If he keeps up his shooting, like yeah. he could get 10 mil. So there's that. I will. I mean, Hauser, Miami guy. They just decided not to take him, so the Celtics swooped in. Uh, did you know that he he signed with Miami yes. out of the draft, and then he, he now perhaps uh, uh, Duncan Robinson has ruined the shooters' contract for all, <laughs> which which may be good for the Celtics. Mm, I, I think 
contracts around the league are going to start to look pretty uh, questionable. To boil I'll Sam's say. blood. Yeah. No, well, not no. I think in the opposite way. I think teams are going to be more hesitant to pay guys. Good. Um, they should. I mean, you got some guys. Excuse me. Do extensions this year, like Kyle Kuzma is going to get paid this summer. He might Good get luck. twenty mil. He's going to get twenty mil. Twenty mil is fine. Twenty mil is mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Christian Wood has yet to sign an extension with the Mavericks, and they're so offering him like eighteen and a half. Well, no, they didn't offer him. That's the most they can give him. The most they can oh, give him is four okay. years, seventy-seven. So. Excuse me, question mark regarding whether or not they'll do that. But uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Grant Williams, I mean, we talked about it. We had a whole video on it. He, I think he'll get an 18 mil offer. I think he's going to get a lot of money. You see what he's doing. He, he put up 20 points Can't against the Bulls. This. He's been incredible. <laughs> like, so he's going, don't be surprised when next year he is the fourth highest paid player in the Celtics. Don't be surprised. This is right? one of the all time great Sam I told you so's. Uh, hey, uh, me too. I was with that they should have like, paid him. Not, yeah. I mean, I'm absolutely. not telling you so. I know, but I, I was heavy, heavy on the pay grant. I don't see 15 mil. The only value I see in not paying a guy before like he's doing extension is literally if, if you he think he's going to be bad or if he thinks he's going to play bad, like he's, which he's there, there was no way to think bad. That. That's no, I know. He, but like if you think there's the a player that's going to perfect play bad. role player in today's NBA. I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, I, I was talking more broad, like in the case of like PJ Washington, if you think he's going to have a down year because you're not sure about him. There you go. You know, uh, uh, Cam Reddish, if you think he's going to be bad, you don't extend him. Matisse Tybel. But like Grant Williams, who very clearly took a big jump last year, was a crucial piece in the playoffs and was asking. I think he said he would have accepted 14 mil. I saw yeah, a report out there. That's ridiculous. Which, and not, you're going to have to pay him like man. four more mil per season now. Now, uh, I don't really know how much it all matters at the end of the day because they have bird rights on Grant and they yeah, the match. only spend that money on Grant. So, I mean, may, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the cap mm. to really talk about that. What I do know is they should have paid him. Now, you do make a good point to where not every team has to have that, but the Celtics more than anybody should have felt inclined to pay him because of the role he mm-hmm. played in the playoffs last season. He proved... Mm that he can be an important piece for you as you have success. My God. Yeah. I mean, come on. That was Foolish. a no brainer. You extended Rob the year before and you came out smelling like roses. Why would you not do it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said, last time I saw a tweet on Twitter saying like, I can't believe this guy wanted 16 mil. And they picked like a very specific stretch of box score numbers. Like, oh, I saw you get upset. Egg on his face now, huh? Egg on your face, mister. I mean, 20 points against the bulls doing everything for the Celtics out there. Grant Williams is the, how, how foolish do I want to get? Grant Williams is the, I'm trying to think where he ranks on the team. One, two, three, four. Okay. Maybe he's like the sixth best player in the team. Maybe I shouldn't get. Yeah. Cause that. the guards I, are all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, Grant, Grant's awesome. He's but probably like, seventh best. Yeah, the fact that he's your seventh best player, like, he'd be the third best player in the Lakers. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong? Like, yeah, probably. He, third he'd be best a good player fit in the there Lakers. Too. He'd be the, the fourth or fifth best player on the Warriors. I'll put that out there. He'd be on, on the Sixers. Hell, he'd be a better version of fucking, oh, excuse me, better version of P.J. Tucker, right? Like, he's his P.J. value Tucker, is does a lot of running. Mm-hmm. He, his value is through the roof. He's not going to be the best player on any team, but he can, he is the perfect fourth or fifth best player on a championship team. Uh, and those players get big bucks in now in today's NBA. So it's going to be funny um, when the off season does roll around and everyone starts setting off the old fireworks there on July 4th. If 
one of those lowly or middling teams does decide that they want to you know who it's going to be it's going to be like the knicks or the pistons no, it's going to be the pacers who are five games above 500 this year have one well, of that's the best one that point guards sense. in the league right have one of the best point guards in the league have miles turner who they're trying to discuss extension talks with have a sharpshooter and buddy healed have one of the best rookies in benedict matherin and they're just missing that four p that that you know that power forward uh let's see let's see if they can get a guy who can shoot who can defend all five positions and who's a great locker room guy oh look at that they have enough money to sign like two max players let's throw grant williams 23 million dollars a season right like they could afford to stupidly overpay grant williams and at that point Hate to say it, would you match a $23 million a year offer for Grant Williams? I can't answer that because I don't know mm-hmm. enough about the consequences. <laughs> exactly, right? Like My my first instinct is yes, because if you don't pay him, you lose the ability lose him to for spend nothing. that money. Yes, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't sign somebody for like that money. This, this so to like, me is like in football, like when the other team jumps off sides and you have a free play, like, yeah, it's a dumb pass if you throw it down the field, but you kind of... You know, why not? Because you don't get to do anything else with it. Well, I don't know. People are going to call me. People are going to call me stupid for saying a team might offer Grant Williams 23. I mean, 25 seems outrageous. But like if the Pacers lobbed him 23 million dollars. You heard it here. (laughs) What is it? January 10th. uh, The Pacers and or Pistons could lob Grant Williams 23 million dollars without blinking uh, this offseason. And Celtics fans are not going to be very happy. I know I'm going to be pissed. So I see the Pacers one is one where they would pay him and it would be worth the money for them. Mm-hmm. The Pistons, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Just I don't think they're ready yet. I think it would be I, like I when agree. they paid Grant, the other Grant, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, sure. And uh, you know, like he sure. was like a good value buy, I guess, for them, but they just weren't ready for a player like mm-hmm. that. Like he's not mm-hmm. gonna be a top tier guy. Maybe they want to have him on the team to trade him and get more assets like they did. Sure. Sure. I mean, if you got the money, spend the money, I guess, but I think Grant Williams has the potential to be assigning like Fournier for whoever does pay him. If they're not ready, the Pacers could have as much as $60 million available to next available to them next summer. No, I don't doubt that. And he'd be a good fit there. It would be worth it. mm -hmm, Absolutely. The magic They've looked okay. I mean, Paolo Bancaro kind of fills that role, so I don't think they, excuse me, necessarily need him. The the Hornets are gonna have money. Hell, the Thunder. Shea Gilgis Alexander is a is like, if they're a better team, he'd be an MVP candidate. They're gonna get a top pick in the draft. You know, you got Chet Holmgren coming back. If they want to start making moves to like, actually start winning games, throw them twenty mil, right? Like, th- there are teams out there on the brink of playoff contention that could use a player like Grant Williams, like. If the Kings don't sign anybody, they could have upwards of 20 million cap space if like they don't extend people, right? Like Harrison Barnes makes 18 and he's going to be a free agent. You're telling me who would you rather pay 18 mil a season, Grant Williams or Harrison Barnes? Right now, Grant Williams. So like, I, I don't think it's this crazy concept that teams out there are going to offer him a lot of money. And I think the Celtics are going to be regretting not signing him to the extension. But uh, yeah, I think I that's mean, all there are I've people got. out there that don't like Grant. Don't know why. Crazy to me. He's fine. Sh- uh, that's you, Timmy G. Vanderbanter. That's that's a well. Timmy shot. G. Just he leans into <laughs> it now. Timmy G. I know. I know. He I knows know. that Grant is a serviceable player. Still calls him number twelve, but that's that's all right. I Timmy G. The that. legend. We got to get him back on here soon. We'll, we'll have Timmy we G. Do. back soon. Have you gone to the game with Timmy G. Yet? I haven't. No, oh, I, I haven't had fun. the chance. He was fun. fun. He's he a good the whole guy. Time. 
Absolutely. The best thing about Timmy G at the game is so his. Did you stand with him? Uh, some of it. I actually don't remember. Got you. I got you. But his seats are at the top, so there's no one behind him, so he can stand by the whole game. Now instead of like clapping, he just kicks the hell out of his chair. Like he (laughs) like behind him. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) That's awesome. He's great though. He he was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Uh. You know, he knows everybody. It's kind of crazy. He's a regular. Shout out to me, G. Yeah. What a beast. Guy. Uh, that's all I had for today. Uh, I think that's probably a good place. We, we did good almost hour. I don't have the cards, unfortunately. You have the I cards? I don't the hell, Jack. I actually had them in my suitcase, but I took them out because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get to do pregame. Uh, but I forgot. What we oh, rat. Right. So, I'll tell you what. For me, but. You have, ever, you, have, you have friends that are tough to root for? Ooh, yeah. You, you know what yeah, I mean? I know what like, you're talking about. Like you, you're friends with them and you like them, but when something good happens for them, you're gonna hear about it. Yes. Like they don't they don't know how to <laughs> yes. win. They don't know how to mm-hmm. win. They don't know how to be good about it. Mm-hmm. Like like I have gotten on it heavy, and one person knows. Not aside from mm. like one person. Okay. Knows. That's it. Okay. Didn't tell yeah, I got you. Chat. Didn't have to. Beast. Yes. Yeah. Very very humble individual. Me. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> another friend. Uh, yeah, I'll tell the story. Uh, mm, so yeah. we all we all went out on Friday, okay. and we go to this bar. Where'd you go? A bar, okay. A bar, and I don't drink, so I was. I I am a good time regardless. I I see. I I can do a show like this, and I can be somewhat entertaining. So I can just pull back. I can pull it back. Yeah. I can pull back the mask when people start to drink, and I fit in because I can be silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we're sitting at a table. There are 10 stools at this table. So mm-hmm. it's four of us. There are two seats. And then there's a group of three girls. Uh, one, we spent half the night trying to figure out if the one girl was attractive or not. Because her her Jesus. her hair uh, was like between her face and us. Like it was covering. There, there okay, were very trying to brief it out. moments to figure out. Yes. Right. No, this is, I mean, don't get mad at this. This is how everyone operates. Don't this act. This is like you how don't. you, you scout it out. I mean, you got to yes. see, you know, this is what happens. Continue. So anyways, the, the other individuals are drinks in, they have drank these big bowls that are, they're goldfish bowls full of alcohol. I don't know. Amazing. I don't know anything about it. Uh, anyways, the one friend's hammered. He mm. is not someone that has traditionally had a ton of success with girls in the past. We're all shy. Yeah. Yeah. What are yeah. you going to do? Happens. But good on him. He's got the liquid courage. He goes up Let's to talk go. to the girl at the jukebox and trips. Again, <laughs> hilarious. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, he didn't fall. Fall. He stumbled. He didn't fall. <laughs> Still disaster. He posts up, hand on the wall, leaning. No. Is making okay. conversation. One of my friends and I are laughing hysterically at our table. <laughs> Anyways, come comes back. I don't know what happened at the jukebox, but he ends up getting the girl's information. Yeah, huge. so good on him. Good for him. Beast. We'd celebrate on the way home. Now we have heard back. about this for the whole week. Oh, <laughs> very difficult to root for you when it's like this. Yeah, that's a uh, not a great look. <laughs> you got to be humble. You got to be humble in those situations. You, you got to you act like you've been there before, as they say. You know exactly. So you gotta now there is no problem, no problem with acting or not acting, asking for advice and talking about it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't sure. know. 
It's been a mix. It's been a mix. In fairness, it has been a mix of that. But we have heard about it. Yeah, that's that's tough. You get like I said, act like you've been there before. You gotta be, you know, you can be happy, you know, that you did it, and you can be like, oh, this mm-hmm. is awesome. But you can't be like reliving it over and over. You know, like it's just, I know what you're saying. I, like not we, not we, very we often before, do you yeah. brag to me about anything, and you have plenty to brag yeah. about. <laughs> you gotta be, you know, a healthy mix of of humble and. uh confident i think there, i think there's a good mix in there you yeah. gotta find the balance you no no i agree but or cocky is better word than confidence mm-hmm. you gotta have a, a good mix good mix. i don't know it might he might do it as a bit in fairness to him it would not shock me if he uh pretends to be overly confident in that way <laughs> but nonetheless very difficult to root for mm-hmm. i feel i feel all right uh hey speaking of good. things to uh brag about I don't oh, know yeah, if you're paying attention. The the whole bottom of the screen there, as it's watch on YouTube. Here we go. Ready? Make sure to watch. Looking to get yourself tickets to a Celtics game or other event? Question mark. Head over <laughs> to SeatGeek and use promo code LaFrance. I wish it wasn't my last name, but it is to save twenty dollars <laughs> on your first purchase. And if you're listening and not watching, I read it mm-hmm. as it scrolled across the screen. Mm-hmm. That's why I said it real dumb. Yeah. Um, but yes, <laughs> you can save money on whatever you're going to go do with mm-hmm. the help of us. So do it. Mm-hmm. Why yep. not? And I don't know. I don't know if it tracks what card you use, but if you've already used SeatGeek once or twice, just throw a different email in there. You know, use the code, help the pod out, right? Make a new account. You know, I get agree. A, a, you didn't hear from me, but you know, hit it up. I'm sure they like the business. We appreciate it. Like Sam said, uh, code LaFrance, L-A-F-A. L A F R A N C E. It's just L A. Like France. the country. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we're looking to get it changed to like HTTC. I asked him. But... I asked him. I was really embarrassed when it came back. I was like, man, come on. I, Did I you put like, the name of the pod? Yeah. Put... Yeah. I gave <laughs> them all fire. our stuff. I, I mean, it was nice of them. They they took us. So what are you going to do? That's too funny. Yeah. We'll take it for now. LaFrance, like I said, it, it, like Sam said, it's in the bottom of the ticker in YouTube. Uh, and you can see his name in the at uh, right there. But we appreciate it. Make sure to watch the YouTube and subscribe. That's the one plug I'm going to give before I let Sam wrap it up, but I'll let you do that. Hey, hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. Again, make sure you use our code at SeatGeek. It's on the bottom of the screen if you missed it. Uh, You can subscribe to our YouTube if you're watching. At How About Them Celtics Pod. You get all of our stuff there, full shows, clips of shows, shorts, live streams, whether it's pregame, one of our week bi-weekly Ooh. ones, or not bi-weekly, twice a week ones. I don't know how to say it that way. Bi-weekly means every other week, which is not what we do. We do four every two weeks. Um, but channel's doing well. We're just about at 250, a little bit underneath. 247. We're getting there. We're making the climb. If you're not watching us, you're missing out on some handsome fellas. My hair looks great today. Uh, you can follow us on whatever streaming service it is you're listening on. You can leave a nice review. You can say that they sound handsome on the pod because we probably do. Uh, but yeah, you can get all our pods there too. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at How About Them Sees. Facebook is the whole name of the pod. You'll find us. That is another place where you can get all the streams. They'll be there. And you can follow Jack at Jackson NBA. He's doing all kinds of work. Celtics blog, heavy. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA on Twitter. I complain. I said Zach Levine was real bad, and then he started playing good and uh, also doing heavy stuff. That's it for us. Bye. Check, tackle. Come on. Tackle.
Ridiculous.